So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media? Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Hi, I'm Matchmaker Maria, the founder of Agave Match. For over a decade, I've combined four generations of family matchmaking tradition with modern relationship psychology, behavioral science, and dating trends. With this unique expertise, I answer your dating and relationship questions and interview experts to give you the tools to find or keep the love of your life. This is Ask a Matchmaker. Welcome to the Ask a Matchmaker podcast. This is Matchmaker Maria, and this is a special hotline episode. This week's guest is, as promised, it's therapist Melanie Cook. If you don't know who therapist Melanie Cook is, she was on my podcast a few weeks ago. Circle back to that. We talked all about attachment, and we are doing a special hotline episode to talk more about attachment. Mel, welcome back to the Ask a Matchmaker uh, podcast. Uh, Thank you like hotline edition. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Talking to people today. Yeah. And, uh, I was just asking you like, so what's new? <laughs> yeah, I know we, it's only been a couple of weeks since we last talked and, and kind of went into attachment styles. So I'm interested to see what questions people come up with, but, uh, I, I more wanted to start with you and see how the, the trip to Greece went and everything. I had been following along on your Instagram. Oh, I thought you didn't have social media. Uh-huh. Uh, personally, I do, but but not professionally. Got it. Uh, you know, it went really, really well. It was spectacular and it reaffirms my feelings that, you know, no partner can possibly be everything to you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like in all the pillars of compatibility that I believe in, spiritual, physical, financial, emotional, intellectual, you cannot find everything in one person. That's such an insane standard to have in one person. And also vice versa. They're not going to find everything they need in you. And I really believe that opportunities like the retreat that I host in Greece every year and upcoming retreats, we have a lot more retreats being planned um, for, we have another retreat happening in November, and then we have way more retreats happening in 2024 and 2025. So we're already planning ahead, but it's to reaffirm that like, you need to make friends. You need, you know, your current friends, they're okay. You need to also make new friends. And those friends exist to be your cheerleaders in your current and future life. Like they don't know your past, right? And they can also supplement, you know, your emotional and your intellectual and your spiritual and your, you know, like all these needs, um, having a lifestyle that, you know, you can share. I see it in the women from last year, right? There's some of you know, the women that attended my Greece trip last year. I see how they've met up and done reunions. They travel here and there. In fact, a few of them are currently in London 
supporting one of their friends who got, you know, a big award for being like the best doctor ever. Um, and then another one of them like finished Oxford. So they're all there to help, you know, root for her (laughs) there too. So it's like interesting to see last year's group, how they've been just like so insanely in support of each other. And now this, this year's group, how, you know, you see it happening, right? We have this robust WhatsApp chat. They're all very active there. It's like, you leave a trip with, you know, all these new cheerleaders. And I know you did not ask for this monologue answer, but it is a monologue answer because I am just so proud of this. And, you know, someone in the chat is saying, you know, we should have New York city meetups for gals, for new friends. I agree. And, um, I hope to produce more events, um, not only in New York, but in a few other cities, um, that help people just meet new people. It doesn't have to be about dating. It could just be about, you know, meeting your new people that you get to celebrate your other milestones in life with as well. Mm. Oh, I I totally agree. If I can even add on to that about friendships to kind of underscore it, I think for all the reasons that you said, but also, friendships are so redemptive when it comes to relationships. A lot of our romantic relationships, not to be too Freudian, but match on with kind of our our family relationships and and some of the acceptance and love conditions of worth stuff that are tied in there. Whereas our friendships are really just based on, you know, seeing the humanness and compatibility between, you know, two or more people uh, and accepting someone for, for no transactions or obligations, but because you just really enjoy them and want to spend time with them and, and kind of grow deeper in, in kind of your friendship with them. And so I think they're so redemptive for that reason too, especially as we're probably going to be talking about family stuff and dating relationship stuff more today, I imagine. Uh, another reason why I think friendships are so important, they they really kind of buffer some of the, the hard stuff when it comes to romance. And I want to say two things to what you just said, and thank you for sharing that. The first part is, is that there is this attachment quiz that I do give a lot of my clients sometimes, and it tells you what, um, what attachment you have with each parent, with a former or current partner, and also with your best friend. And the one thing that I have seen, and let me know if you agree with this, is that like, not even nine out of 10, like 19 out of 20 times, the relationship you have with your friend tends to be secure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. And I I think I'm I'm so glad that you bring that up because the, the statistics don't lie. They really do show that. And I always, when I'm working with clients, I always ask them to look at their friendships and rather than feeling like, what do I lack in romantic relationships or what am I missing or what is the past from my family? Really looking at the the friendships that you have because you can apply those things that characteristics of secure attachment to to then some of the the other relationships. So I'm I'm not surprised, but I'm I'm glad to hear it. I'm going to use that anecdote as well. I will also add that like the second thing I want to add about this is that I think what we've designed at Agape Match for Agape Escapes, which is our retreats program, mm. is that we try to eliminate what I call like friendship paper cuts in the experience. So like one of the things that we're known for is, you know, it's a five-star experience, right? We're at the best hotels, we're going to the best restaurants and yeah. the menus uh, have been negotiated a year in advance. And oh. 
there, everything is paid for, right? Like it's all included in the price. So there isn't this opportunity at the end of each meal where everyone's like, well, she had a bottle of wine and mm. I only had one piece of this fish and she only had a Greek salad. It's like, no, no, no. Like food's included in the price. And we just want you to have, you know, an exhilarating gastronomy, gastronomy <laughs> yeah. experience without mm. thinking about the, and without creating these, like, like I said, Frenchie paper cuts at the end of the experience where it's like, oh, it doesn't seem like she's come with a lot of money or it doesn't seem like she had, you know, she's a picky yeah. eater. It's like that all gets eliminated and it's like, just enjoy the experience, just have fun. And like, you know, we, we keep adding on to that. Right. Because I think yeah. sometimes, you know, when you go on vacation with your friends, some person's gonna be like, well, I don't know. Why do we need to go to like the best restaurant every night? Why can't we just like, mm. and by the way, we did, we had, you know, you know, two times in that week as well. Yeah. Um, a good and, balance. Yeah. It was a good balance, but you know, it's just, you know, we want to, we want to eliminate these like opportunities where people can kind of grow like the small resentment of like, mm-hmm. um, so yeah. yeah, it was, it was a very fun week. I'm actually gonna have, I have to post all of the photos came in today from my nest. So that's the other thing. I hired a photographer to follow us throughout the whole experience. And oh, I saw I, that. Yeah. I like to take awesome photos. He also took thirst trap photos for us. Cause everyone needs a good uh, thirst nice, trap photo. Nice, nice. And, um, I'm going to post a lot of those photos, you know, I just got them today. So I'm going to be posting a lot of those this week and I'm really, really excited. Welcome to the Ask a Matchmaker Hotline. How can we help you? Hi, um, it's good to meet you guys. So my question is, um, I did read the book attached by uh, your recommendation, Maria. And I did the quiz that said that I, and I did agree that I'm an anxious attachment style leaning towards secure. And after thinking about that a little bit, I think, um, I'm able to see some of my anxious attachment styles and kind of just put those aside to still kind of lean more into being secure. But I, I want to know if that's kind of normal to always know that I have those tendencies or do you just kind of stop acknowledging those tendencies and start being more secure over time? So I think, uh, first of all, it's totally normal. Uh, I think, uh, it actually is uh, the most realistic way it's way to look at it too, right? That um, anxious attachment, avoidant attachment come from lived experiences that we have, right? They, they don't, you know, just pop out out of nowhere. Um, and uh, the way that, you know, I talked about it in, in our first talk together, the way I talk about it with clients is that attachment style is that rubric for how we learn to relate to people, right? So that balance of space and closeness. And so the experiences that you've probably had kind of growing up um, may, you know, be, be sourced in some of those characteristics around anxious attachment. And like you said, over time, as you grow up, as you learn more about yourself and understand yourself more, you've learned to understand those characteristics for what they are, some of that anxious stuff but also move to a more secure attachment style. The the way that I talk about it with clients is that it's not ever something that, you know, is probably going to go away nor should go away because it 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 came from somewhere, right? It's 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 a part of you, but it's more about being able to identify it and check in with yourself and know, okay, is this my anxious attachment coming up or are these are these signs that I should be looking into more and think and, you know, deciding maybe this is feedback that 
I'm getting about this, you know, other person that I'm relating to. Um, so, you know, something that I talked about with Maria is that um, being anxiously attached, being avoidantly attached, they're not these ill-fated things by any means. Uh, and so being able to understand ourselves better, yes, helps us lead more into secure attachment, um, but it's not something that is meant to be eliminated entirely because that would be erasing your existence and past experiences that you've had. Maria, yes. anything you want to No, I, I, I loved your answer. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't want to interrupt. I think it's great. Did you yeah. have more to um, ask? Well, no, it's just kind of like you, you live and you, you, like you said, you experience these things. And so mm-hmm. I'm just trying to make sure that I'm being as healthy as possible in these relationships and mm-hmm. not um, reaching back to being, you know, well, this person said, this person is not texting me or communicating instead of just reaching out and just like not communicating, kind of saying, Hey, I'm here. If you need me, I know that, you know, this may be busy or that may be busy and it's tough. Um, but we're working on it. (laughs) Yeah. Are you currently dating someone? I'm currently communicating with somebody. Uh, it's, it's long distance. So that also is a little bit complicated because I live on the West coast and they live on the East coast. So we're taking Mm -hmm. it very, very slow, but they work a, a job where they have to commute to the city. So their time is not as available as my time is. Um, and so I'm trying to be cognizant and mindful of that when when I do get a hold of his time and we are able to communicate. How long have you been dating? Not long, just since the beginning of April. That's insanely long. What are you That's talking a about? A good couple of months. Yeah. Hey, don't do that to me. I mean, what are, you, what are you talking about? We're recording this on July 10th. Yes, you're right. Like that happened before Christ was resurrected. It's yes. true. It's true. It is true. It is true. Why do you it say is that? True. Why do you say it's, it hasn't been long? Um. Well, because I've only seen him twice, I think. Like we met okay. when he was in San Diego and then I went to see him like in May and then the, the schedule hasn't aligned for him to come back to see me in San Diego. So it's. Can you go um, see him or does it always have to be a ping pong relationship? It doesn't have to always be. No, it doesn't have to always be a ping pong. I would, I would prefer for him to, to come see me. Um, Why? Just because, well, because I think it's important for him to see where I live and see my space and kind of be in my essence instead of me being in his, um, in his environment and, and experiencing it through his his environment basically who has the job flexibility here I do okay and I know what you're gonna say what am I gonna say tell me what I'm gonna say let's hear it you're going to say that the person with the job flexibility should be the more likely person to go see the other person because that's how you did your long distance relationship I mean you don't have to follow what I did but like it's logical sense that like you know, if you're the one that has more flexibility right now, you tell me about, you want him to be in your space. I mean, that's, that's a little ego talking, right. But that doesn't mean like, if anything, I think it's actually more important that you see his space to see if he's like a functioning <laughs> human, because I trust you. On. I don't trust him. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you can't, people listening can't see this, but Melanie is nodding yes to what I'm saying. So, um, I'm just curious if you look, if you're doing long distance, 
ego has to be put aside on the ping pong stuff because it ping okay. pong is never going to work. Right. Cause both uh, ping pong, what I mean by ping pong is you come and then I come and then you come and then I come. And that's never going to work. If there's a lopsided responsibility at work of like where someone is physically committed to. And you just told us that you have more flexibility than he does. So if you like this person, I think what you should text him tonight, because it's only 6.21 PM where you live is I want to see you again. When can I come? Okay. Uh, when can I, you know, and I think in the next time you see him, I think you need to decide, is this your boyfriend or is this a situation ship that now you're, you know, we're deep in July right now. I don't, you still have a chance to do hot girl summer here with, with other people. Is he like, are you like, I don't, are no, you we are not other exclusive. people while this is happening? I am dating other people. Yes. Good girl. We are not exclusive. Yay. 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 <laughs> um, but I think you need to figure out what this is because then you need to make a calendar and start committing to like, how are we going to make this work? And it okay. doesn't take much, by the way, like I've seen plenty of people do long distance and it's like, okay, six months, let's get engaged. Let's figure this out. Like it doesn't have to be this long winded three year thing. I've never done long distance. So that's why I'm taking it's it tough and it's expensive. Slow. And you've chosen like, at least when I did long distance, we were like same, same, what's it called? No. Same time zone. Yeah. <laughs> a train ride. A train yeah. ride. Yes. Am Amtrak uh, bonus level executive, whatever it's called, the gold stars. Um, yeah. You know, I don't, I don't, this is a very expensive endeavor that you could be participating in. And I've, just don't, I can see where an anxious, secure person gets pulled into more anxiety. And it's not because the other person you're talking to is avoidant. It's because the environment isn't there's, allowing right, the end of the quite, sentence, Melanie. There's quite literally a lot of space between the two yeah. of you. Right. And so, and to kind of piggyback what you're saying, Maria, that, um, right. With anxious attachment, you're, um, trying to be more secure is kind of pull back on some of those initiations of wanting closeness all the time, all the time. And so yeah. I, I get probably in, in kind of checking that and wanting to lean more secure, you're, you're trying to respect that space too, but it's a yeah. balance, right? It's a balance. And especially because there's so much space quite literally, uh, because you're long distance, um, you know, secure attachment does mean some of that, that reaching out as well. Um, and so, so maybe what you actually need more is, you know, some closeness, some reach out, some saying, Hey, I want to come see you. When does it work? Kind of like Maria said, um, and, and you'll know the difference. I always tell my clients, you feel your attachment styles up uh, right here, kind of where you're activated and where you're panicky, you're starting to, you know, breathe a lot versus in your gut. Um, mm -hmm. so, so check in on that. Maybe that can help you with the, is this my anxiety coming out? Or is this me saying, no, I, I should, you know, um, create some intimacy with this person and, and reach out to them but it's hard. It's a hard balance being long distance. Are you going to text them? I am. You're going to do it. You're going to do it tonight. I'm going to do it as soon as I go on mute. Ah, <laughs> I'm, I'm already proud of you. Look at you <laughs> taking control. Um, okay, great. Well, thank you so much for your question. Okay. Thank you for the answers. I appreciate the insight. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely. Of course. All right. We have a writing question, Melanie. I'm ready. She wrote, she or he, 
I don't know yet, but they say my ex dumped me nine months ago. We lived together. I know I messed up there. <laughs> that's a shoot. That's what they wrote in parentheses <laughs> and adopted dogs together. <sighs> I can't have them full time, but I drive an hour to see them once a week while my ex is at work. I used to be a stay at home dog mom. Okay. So we know it's a woman and our family was my life is going to see them hurting me because it's the best part of my week, but I don't know if it's an unhealthy attachment to the past. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we just start off by saying who I, um, I think when it, um, I may have a little bit more liberal view than you do, Maria. I'm curious what you think, but I, I do think when it comes to living together and, and so sharing space together and sharing custody over, you know, at least at some time over these dogs that, breakups can be almost to the equivalent of, of divorce at that point, right? Because there's so much sharing that you then have to kind of extricate and, and disentangle. Uh, and so that's going to take time. Um, she said about nine months it's been, um, since they've broken up, it was about nine months. Yeah. Right? He dumped her nine months ago is what she's written here. She okay. used these words, not me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would, you know, it's a little bit hard because we're not, we're not talking, you know, and, and getting the feedback. Um, but I would say that if you're, this is so therapisty, I'm, I'm going to roll my eyes, but if you're asking this question, you probably know what the answer is. Um, and what's the answer? I, I, I think the answer is that, um, yeah, that these are signs of your, your past. Oh, I think maybe did they add on? No, but tell me why you think your answers, what, what's the liberal part of this answer? Oh, I, um, you, you say, don't get, uh, don't live together until you're okay, but they already did. So I'm not going to, like, okay, okay, I can't, I can't change her past, but like, what about the dogs? Like, is it, should she grieve the dogs? I I think, or, or should she keep visiting every week? I, I mean, I, I think it's worth asking yourself if you've, gone through the process of actually grieving the dogs. Right. And that might not be a cold Turkey sort of situation where, you know, from this call on, you never see them again. Um, you know, it might take some time, but I, I, I do think that, you know, it, if it's a situation where the dogs can't stay with you and, and, and that's kind of part of the closure, then yeah, I think it, it might be time to, to maybe grieve those dogs again. Um, and not, not saying that you can't ever see them again, but, but start to start to disconnect in, in that way, because that also means you're going to the house that they probably stayed in together. And, and this is a weekly um, situation. I believe that the she whole said the whole hour drive too. she yeah. also, I think what struck me too, is that she called herself a stay at home dog mom. Mm. And our family was my life. And I don't know what a stay-at-home dog mom is. Is this a person who's unemployed and has dogs or is this a person who needs to be home? Maybe they have a chronic issue or something and the dogs keep them company. Um, she wrote, yes. Oh, unemployed. Okay. Uh, which is fine. It's totally fine to, to, to have to be in that stage of life. Uh, it happens to all of us. I promise you. Uh, and they were emotional support animals. She has added here in the chat. Um, it's funny that you thought your answer was liberal because I think if this is what liberal and conservative is, and we're not even talking politics here, we're just talking about like our stances here. Um, I'm, 
as someone who has a dog and I, I love them a lot. I love them very much. Um, I can certainly empathize with the idea of having to like grieve a living dog. Yeah. But I think your mental health comes first, especially the ironic part is that they're like your, the emotional support animals here. Right. Right. And, and they're not acting as such if they are, as Melanie put it, like, you know, uh, a symbol of your past. So, you know, she asked, is going to see them hurting me? Yes. Like we, we know this, otherwise you wouldn't be asking the question. You're, you're, mm. this is coming from a place of hurt. Mm. Um, um, I don't know if it makes me sound insensitive. If I told you to get another dog, but that could help in I some think way it's on the table, perhaps of, right. I don't know how realistic it is for these dogs to become part of this person's life or, you know, or, or yeah, to, to get she another. Says she, she's added here. I can't in the apartment I'm at now. I see. Oh, that sucks. Um, move that apartments. If you mm-hmm. want a pet, don't stop yourself from getting a pet, get another apartment or speak to your landlord and ask them what you can do. Like maybe it's also a matter of size and, you know, showing mm-hmm. that you're a responsible pet owner. Um, mm-hmm. and he won't, you know, and it's funny because we, someone funny, if we had a funny guest on, we could also say, uh, we can, uh, what's that, what's that movie, um, where they separate the twins that movie parent trap. Like, yes we could parent trap this <laughs> we separate the dogs one each mm. what's the point of getting two if you can't anyway no that would be mean don't separate the dogs those dogs are probably like really like close but i'm trying to you know this is a very gray area right because i don't want to be insensitive i know that this is extremely tough and i have had a few friends in this situation I've had friends in both camps, right? The camp where they go see their pet every other week or have to see their ex because they're visiting when the, the one person's coming to see their pets. And then I've had a friend of mine last year, she actually listens to the podcast. Um, last year, her and her partner divorced and she told him, uh, you can have the dog and I will not be seeing the dog again, even though you know, they had adopted the dog five years ago. It was a puppy. You know, this is a person, you know, they didn't have children. This was their dog. Right. Um, she had to grieve that dog because she knew, um, emotionally she would not be able to handle that sort of breakup because it is a breakup. It is a type of grief every single week going to see Mm -hmm. a pet that you're not going to see again for a few days. And also you don't know if you'll ever see them again, right? Like every week, this woman drives an hour to see them. She has no guarantee that her ex-boyfriend's not going to put his foot down and be like, you don't get to see the dog again. Right, right. So she's reliving grief every Mm. single week. That's tough. Yeah. It's some kind of paper cut. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oh, and she just wrote, I do fear he will stop it at any time. So true. Yikes. I think, and then I'd love Melanie to tell me what she thinks you should do, but I think- the next time you see your dogs, if you feel comfortable, it, it might be a very sad visit. That's really sad. I don't even want to say that out loud. Like it's, mm. it's hurting me just saying it out loud, but I know that that's what's, I know with every cell in my body, that's the right decision for her to move on. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think that if, you know, 
they were acting as uh, kind of emotional support animals. Um, and at some point in the past, they were really helpful to her, then that is something to take into consideration that, that having emotional support animal is something that she should prioritize. And so, yes, maybe right now the, the apartment situation might not allow for it, or like you said, speaking to the landlord and seeing if there are exceptions, but maybe that is something that you prioritize and not as part of your, you know, um, kind of your plan of, of bringing that back into your life, but not in a way that it's um, constantly re-traumatizing you. Just added while you were speaking that she goes on dates and they ask if I have pets and she writes like, you know, heartbreaking and I'm honest and I share my situation, which I can see can be off-putting. Yes, it is off-putting. If I heard any man tell me that he sees his, he goes to his ex-girlfriend's house that they used to live in once a week, an hour away. By the way, is this person in California? Like, I don't know why I just assume they're in the West Coast, maybe because the previous call was in the West Coast, but like, gas is really expensive. Like that is a choice to drive that far away. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, they live San in San Francisco. Francisco. Wow. My intuition. Holy smokes. Yeah, that was good. Um you know, like that's a, that's a choice to, that's a drive. And that is off. It is off putting. Like if someone told me that I'd be like, cool, you're not over your ex. I, mm -hmm. And I empathize. I, I, like I said, I'm a dog owner. Um, I completely empathize with what she's experiencing, but what we're not saying, and I think we're skirting around it is dogs are not kids. Mm -hmm. And I know dog parents don't want to hear that, but it's true. Dogs are not kids. And, um, yeah, I don't, I, I feel like she's just traumatizing herself every week. And that sucks. If the, if dogs were kids, you would have custody agreements. Mm -hmm. You would have lawyers involved. Mm -hmm. You'd have the whole shebang and, you know, hopefully your kid also lives longer than 15 years. <sighs> I think, oh, um, this both, got so dark. <laughs> I, it got dark, but both can be true. I think what we're saying is both can be true. I'm a dog owner as well. You can see my hut where my bunnies are in the back. So I'm, I'm, you know, um, yeah. a, a pet mom too. It's hard. It's yeah. It's hard to, to tell someone to do that. And also I think we both agree. It, it feels like it's what's best for, for her to be able to move on. Definitely heartbreaking. Definitely mm -hmm. heartbreaking. Let's go on to our next question. Welcome to the Ask a Matchmaker Hotline. How can we help you? Hi. Uh, so nice to connect with you guys. But full disclosure, I'm fairly new to your Instagram, Maria. So um, this may seem like a like a silly question, but I'm recently back in the dating game after many years of focused on um, my young son. And I'm struggling a little bit in an arena where I've been talking with a gentleman since January, so a very long time, light years. Um, and I'm really struggling because I feel like we're just not in the same place. Um, I really want just to have somebody that I can talk to daily, not trying to lock him down and get married. I mean, like I said, I have a young son and lots of dynamics there, but um, really struggling with how to balance or even if I should continue to try to be in this space with him, or if I need to just walk away um, basically and let him go. Cause for example, he'll say all the right things, but then he goes radio silent for like a day or two. It's not usually a long time, um, but do, do they have kids? He does. He has two children as well. And he has a corporate career, super busy, just like I am. But um, I feel like 
I'm making the time and he's not so much making the time. That's what it feels like to me. So just trying to rationalize where I'm at and is it time to walk away or continue basically to reach out? Some follow-up questions. Sure. Um, Have you ever communicated that you don't like it when you don't speak for one or two days that you require whoever you're dating to communicate with you every single day. Yes. And what was his response to that? Um, at the time he, he's a lawyer. He was in the middle of a lot of stuff at work and said that he completely understood and he would be, um, more, um, I guess, patient and understanding with my needs, um, and that he was going to have more time in the future. When was that? Um, that was probably in May. And I did see better, um, communication for a while there. It's just, as of late, it seems like we're kind of back in that same lull of, um, he just goes, quiet and then he'll pop back in. And, and like I said, when we're communicating, he's always saying the right things and never giving me an indication that he doesn't want to be in that space. Um, but then it's just the, the days off that leave me sitting here (laughs) full of anxiety. Like I just cut ties basically. Does he think, does he think you're his girlfriend or does he think? No. Oh, no. And, and we're not, I mean, we're, we're not exclusive. Oh, you're not um, even exclusive? No. And to be fair, part of that is my own personal commitments with my son. I just don't have a ton of time to dedicate at this point. Um, and But the time I do have, I want to spend it with him. I tried dating other people, but I always kind of re- revert back to um, wanting to be in that space with him. Hold up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So in <laughs> Give conclusion, it to before, Give it before to me Melanie tells me her thing that she wants to, I'm sure say, um, here's what I'm hearing. Yes. I'm hearing, I want him to communicate to me every day as if he's my boyfriend, but I don't want a boyfriend. I'm probably not being honest with myself in that. I, I do think I want him to be my boyfriend. Okay. Melanie go. <laughs> so that was exactly what I was going to ask too, that, that if, um, if you don't want that, then I think, um, this would be a conversation about, you know, maybe managing your own expectations sure. um, of this person in your life. Um, but, but you said, I feel like I'm not, you know, being totally honest with myself and this is something that I, I do want. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what has stopped you from, from communicating that? Or what stops you from communicating that to him? Because I don't think that's what he wants. Why do you think that? Because he said from the beginning, he wanted to keep it light. Why didn't you believe him? Did you want it light in the beginning? No. No. Okay. (sighs) We're going to walk through this. We're going to take small steps now. Yeah. But I imagine you thought, okay, we could start light. Uh, Maybe light's not so bad for me. And then over time, we'll get to know each other and um, he'll, he'll see that, you know, it's not just that's exactly right. Yeah. It's not your fault, by the way. So like from my perspective, and again, Melanie is definitely the expert here, but I'm just gonna say this as a dating professional, like he, this person is an avoidant and he used, um, he used the avoidant vocabulary 
that looks like, oh, let's just start dating. You've got a kid. I've got a kid. Let's take it light. But really what he said to you is let's date light, which he's literally saying, I'm never going to date you seriously. Please match your expectations. And there is this miscommunication that's happened here and you're not at fault. You're also new to dating. So you don't even probably know that there's like this hidden lingo that if a man says that to you in the first five dates of meeting you, that's his way of saying, I am not ready for any relationship with you. And it's very personal. Like, I don't want you to take it personal. It's not your fault, but it also it's personal. So, um, what should have happened is you should have cut it off. And you know what the best part is, is that you're going to cut it off now. Like you're it's caught no man, no man is worth this level of anxiety. Melanie, you go, I don't want to, I'm stepping on your toes here. (laughs) No, no, no. I, no, I, I I agree with you just to kind of add on to that. I think yes. One to exactly what you said, I don't think any man is worth this anxiety. Ultimately relationships should have a sense of ease to them. They're not always easy, obviously, but that, that underlying sense of ease. Um, and that seems very absent. Um, and there's a difference between, um, having a temporary sense of reassurance and that kind of underlying sense of ease. And it sounds Rachel, like you get some of that temporary reassurance when, when there are those moments where you're connecting, but the default kind of goes back to, to some of that anxiety. Um, I, I would say to, you know, to kind of, uh, underscore what you were saying, Maria around avoiding attachments. It does seem like that, there's some characteristics from what you said and, and, you know, your story about him, especially a lot of people who lean more towards avoidant attachment, don't want to depend on others and don't want to be depended on. Um, but again, are able to say it in a kind of, um, uh, speak that sounds fine in the beginning when you're just starting to get to know someone saying, let's just keep it light. Um, but, but the difference between right, a, like a situationship talking in a relationship is that there's forward momentum and intimacy is kind of grown. Um, and it seems like it's, you know, grown on your end and you communicated what you need um, and it hasn't on, on his. So I, um, I, I give you two options, right? So Maria said, you know, you're cutting it off now. And, and, and so they're, there's a moment to be redemptive here and not continue to feel the anxiety that you have. Um, and I think that's true. Um, I think another option and ultimately you can know which is the right one um, is uh, if you feel, and Maria, you can disagree with me on this. If you feel like the, the keep it like talk hasn't been discussed again, since you started dating back in January, you can communicate this one more time and say, this is what I'm looking for. Um, and if this is not, if this is not what you're looking for, for, then we need to stop talking. Um, but, uh, I love you that. Know, have, no, have that communication yeah. one more time. I agree. This I is... think I already knew the answer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, I appreciate it. I, we appreciate you. And you know, this is going to be a hard next 48 hours, but then it's the band-aids off and we can start to focus on other things. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank good you. Luck. Thank, Thank you. you. Okay. Someone has a writing question. Oh, this is a good one. Um, I wonder if you've heard of these two things that have happened in pop culture in the last 48 hours. So, so first of all, have you heard about Jonah Hill and have you heard about Kiki Palmer? Yes. Yes. Okay. I know. Yeah. So for those who don't know, 
Um, I'm going to summarize what's happened with both Jonah Hill and Kiki Palmer. And then I'll go to the next question. That'll be our last question. Okay. So Jonah Hill, his ex-girlfriend, who, by the way, just had a baby like a month ago with like, I don't know, his wife, girlfriend, whatever it is. Okay. I don't care. I don't, I'm not exactly following Jonah Hill's life over here. Although I think I follow his mom on Instagram because she's really funny. And uh, I like proud mommy content. So he's, mm-hmm. she's like a proud mom. She's got two talented children. Um, you know, her daughter, you know, Jonah Hill's sister is the protagonist from the sh- the movie Booksmart. A beanie. Yeah. 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 Like, what? Uh, well, anyway, so Jonah Hill, um, he apparently he, um, texted his ex-girlfriend what he talked about as boundaries which was really like a laundry list of what he doesn't want her posting um, as it pertains to like what she does for a living and her body and what a lot of armchair commentators have been saying. And I guess now I'm one of them is like, well, that's not really a boundary. That's a preference. Boundaries are Mm -hmm. personal. You shouldn't Mm -hmm. be putting your boundaries on other people. Okay. And then we have Kiki Palmer who four or five months post baby looked like freaking hot as hell like I don't even look like that like Mm -hmm. five years out well no my youngest is three but still like uh, okay I didn't even look like that pre-baby she was wearing this like bodysuit her butt looked amazing and she's being serenaded by like Usher I just want to say I was serenaded by Saki Zuvas who's like I don't know the Usher of Greece right like the sexiest Greek singer ever yeah at my bachelorette party and my husband is so proud of me that I was able to kiss him on the stage at my bachelorette that he has that photo framed and on his desk like my husband is proud that I was able to accomplish that and here's Kiki Palmer the man has this man is dating Kiki Palmer they're not married they have a kid together and he has the audacity to like slut shame her on Twitter yeah. based on what she's wearing mm-hmm. and i'm just like what what's yeah, happening bonkers and then yeah. he like defended it by saying like oh you know like i come from a generation where blah, blah, blah. and i'm just like thinking to myself like are we really doing traditional gender roles right now because if we're doing traditional gender roles like why aren't you working oh, look in the mirror i guess yeah yeah mm. So anyway, uh, oh my gosh. And so someone just wrote, this man is also employed by Kiki Palmer per the internet. Mm, imagine doing that to your boss. Ugh, oh, okay. So now let's go to the question. In line with the Jonah Hill Kiki Palmer topic, I've recently run into a similar situation with my girlfriend of three months. She wants to spend time with a straight guy friend of hers and even wants to go on day trips with him. She also likes to have girls nights out where she dresses up. What are appropriate boundaries for a guy to have without being possessive? We are both 26. Um, I love it. When, first of all, when men like ask questions. Yeah. And I think this is such a fantastic question because he's basically telling us by asking this question, I don't want to be Jonah Hill and I don't want to be Kiki Palmer's hater. Right. AKA her baby's, her, her baby's daddy. Mm. Um, uh, what can I do to not seem possessive and be supportive of her lifestyle, even though it seems like he might be confused about what that lifestyle entails. Mm-hmm. You let's talk, let's, me? let's, let's start off. I want to hear what you have to say here, but like, let's, let's break it down first. Okay. So, um, she wants, so his girlfriend wants to spend time with a straight guy, friend of hers, and even wants to go on day trips with him. Okay. So 
let's, let's ask this guy questions. You know, he's chatted in here. So let me ask this person a question really quick. Um, mm-hmm. the questions that I have, and maybe Melanie, you have questions too, is like, yeah. have they ever dated? Yes. Um, another question that I have for this person is, is he straight? So, oh wait, I think he said he was straight. I think right? the friend is straight. Oh yeah. Uh, he wrote straight guy okay. friend. Okay. So but he not, said that they've no never dating. dated. Okay. Um, do you think, do you have any friends that are straight women that you are friends with? Cause sometimes, you know, I feel like I do feel like straight men and straight women can be friends with each other. I agree. I right? agree. Um, I think you just kind of have to say like, if you can have straight female friends and not think about hang, you know, okay. So he writes here. Yes. He has straight female friends, but I've never hung out with them one-on-one. Melanie, do you have any questions before we keep going? I, I mean, my initial response is because you've never hung out with them. Does that mean that, that she can't like, is that just because you don't hang out with them one-on-one? Um, is that something that you've communicated that that's a boundary that you have with friends and, and that you're asking her to, um, do the the same thing um so I'm, I'm curious where the discomfort is coming into play around her her friends and and spending time with her friends um if there have been any prior instances where you felt like um she crossed boundaries besides this this situation the circumstance or is it just the matter of hanging out with her I'm also curious how long they've been friends for yeah um kind of like pre-dating yeah because if they've been friends before she started dating this guy I, i'd be like what are you worried about like if she yeah. wanted to date him she'd be dating him she would have right and now we wait we wait for the answers okay so he wrote i think men are friends with her because they hope they want to sleep with her they've been friends since college okay let's let's take your logic for a second okay you think men are friends with her because they hope they want to sleep with her. Do you think if she wanted to sleep with him, she wouldn't have done it already? What's the right question here, Melanie? Like, I feel like. Yeah, I, I the the question that I have here is, or kind of the the comment that I have here is, let, let's take that logic, right? Like you said, and that you feel like these men have wanted to sleep with her, hoping that, that she'll sleep with them. Um what I say is they're not the one that you're in a relationship with, right? That, that she is. And so I think that's where a trust comes into play of it doesn't matter necessarily if you feel like they want to sleep with her. She is the one that has the expectations I'm gathering, I'm assuming here, um, of, of not being in an open relationship. Um, she's the one that is in the relationship with you, therefore have mutual expectations that 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 boundary wouldn't be crossed. So does it, does it matter if, if they want to sleep with her or not, as long as, you know, she's not violating those, those kind of terms, quote unquote, of, of your relationship with her. If you can trust her, then, then maybe it doesn't matter if you're distrustful of them. And also like, why does it matter if it's like a day trip? I mean, it's also like, if it was overnight, like what difference does it make? But like, why does it matter if they go on a day trip? I don't, if they want, if she wanted to cheat on you, she doesn't have to go on a day trip. And also 
She doesn't have to do with this one straight guy friend. She could just find some random guy at work and cheat on you too. Like, why are we focused on this guy? Mm. Also, and to go back to your logic, is the reason why you don't hang out with any of your straight female friends because you want to fuck them? Now I do want an answer to that. That's like not, a, <laughs> that's not even a rhetorical. Like, is the reason you don't hang out with any of your female friends is because you want to have sex with them? Because then it's just projection. Right, right. But I still want to know the answer to that. It's fun. It's, it's fun when you're getting like the live question via chat because you're like <laughs> waiting for them to type. Yeah, exactly. He did write, I don't know if they've slept together. Um, all right. So he said, no, I just see it as a respect thing, like liking other women's pictures. What does that have to do with anything? I don't know if I feel like if my husband liked another woman's picture, I wouldn't even notice because I'm not a psychopath who goes through like people's photo likes. Mm-hmm. I, if I can, I want to zoom out for a minute yeah. to get out of this like specific um, example. I'm wondering person in the chat that we're, we're speaking to um, if you, you feel like you feel anxious when, when your girlfriend is not with you, um, regardless of perhaps who she's with, but, um, if there's, you know, any period of time that, that she's not with you or that, you know, um, maybe she hasn't answered your text in a certain period of time or that sort of thing. Do you get anxious, um, when, but, you know, and having space with her or is this just specific to, to the guy friend? This is a great question, by the way. I love that we have like zoomed out of the question to ask, you know, you know, what, what causes the insecurity to begin with. Now he just did respond saying, I'm worried. Yes. I'm worried about situations that lend themselves to cheating. And I don't want to sound insecure in articulating this. You actually don't sound insecure. I actually think that it takes a really secure man to try to work out what the emotion they're feeling is. Mm -hmm. And you came into this question by actually telling both Melanie and I that you don't want to be possessive. So I think that's insanely mature and self-aware that there is a fine line between, Agreed. let's say, feeling like you're not being disrespected, but also not being possessive over someone's personal time. Um, what Melanie, without, let's, um, so someone else wrote here, like, I would feel sad about being left out if my partner was hanging out one-on-one with a person who's potentially sexually romantically interested in them. You know, I appreciate this person saying that because I think that's what it comes down to. Um, I'm trying to put myself in the other person's shoes. And I think a lot about like involvement. Like I know my husband has friends that are women, but I remember, you know, within a few weeks in, I was included in any activities that they were going to have. Um, and vice versa. I don't, I have, I do have straight male friends. Um, and I've always invited, like, I, I feel like I have usually invited my husband to like, Hey, we're going to go out for this meal. Do you want to come with? And sometimes my husband's been like, no, I'll stay home. It's cool. Um, but like I was inviting him in some way to participate. Right. Um, and I think that I feel like that's where it's lacking. And this has nothing to do with Jonah Hill and the Kiki Palmer stuff, right? This has to do with like, this is a person you want to do things with. 
And if we take the sex out of the other person, just saying, Hey, you're spending, you're going on a day trip. I want to come too, or I want to spend this quality time with you both together. Um, I feel like, I feel like, you know, there is, there is a way of maybe communicating that without making it seem possessive, but more seeming like I want to get to know your friend too. I want to spend quality time with you too. Can I, you know, would you mind including me on these things? Um, what do you think, Melanie? Yeah, I agree. I think that is um, kind of uh, shifting this more towards you saying, I want to be integrated in your life more. Um, and if this is a person that you're spending a lot of time with and, and that is close to you um, and that you enjoy, then, you know, maybe it is a person that I want to get to know as well. Again, not so rigid of you can only hang out with this person if I'm there too, right. but having more of that flexibility of, of, yeah, wanting to, and maybe communicating that you want to be integrated in her life a little bit more, um, including her friendships. Um, you know, I, when I asked you the question about if you feel anxious, um, uh, when there's space and, and you're not with her, you don't know where, where she is. Um, you said that you were afraid, um, about, you know, hesitant, apprehensive about any situations that might lead to cheating. And so you don't, you don't have to answer this in, in the chat, um, if you don't like to, but I, you know, I'd ask if, if that's a lived experience, um, or, or a fear. And if it's a lived experience, um, and so far this girlfriend, and I don't think so has given you, you know, um, any reason to believe that that would happen again, that, that maybe this is some past stuff, um, that is coming into play in your relationship, which is normal and happens and is human. Um, and you deserve to have a space to, to talk about that, um, and kind of heal from, from that experience so that it doesn't kind of bleed into this, this current one. That was a really great question, by the way. Um, yeah. oh, he just added, I have been cheated on by someone with a pro athlete. Yikes. That's tough. Yeah. The ego hit. Yeah. Mm. This is a really great question. And, um, you know, Melanie, I really loved having you on, on this week's hotline and, uh, uh definitely going to have you on in season four again, answer more attachment questions. Mm, I would like to come back. I would love to come back. If these yeah, questions weren't, great. uh, <laughs> I feel like we solved a lot of the world's problems to be honest. Yeah, so, so I think yeah. we're great. Well, where can people find you, Melanie? Where can, if, if someone wants to work one-on-one -on -one with you, where can they go to learn more about what you do? Yeah. So, um, I would say kind of the, the hub is, is my website. So it's my name. Perhaps you can kind of leave it, um, in, in the notes, but, um, Melanie cook, lmhc.com. Uh, you can learn more about, um, kind of what it would mean to work with me. I also have a newsletter, um, it started off with, uh, for my clients of kind of some, some input in between sessions, but has opened up, um, to, to anyone who wants to follow along and learn a little bit more, have some snippets, um, about attachment styles, things like like that. Uh, and then a, um, I'm designing a, a course that's coming out soon on attachment styles and learning to kind of lean more into secure attachment. Um, so if that is something that you're interested in, you can um, stay updated with my website or, or with my newsletter on that. I love that. And I'm going to include the link to her website in the show notes. If you enjoyed today's episode, uh, tell a friend, share it with them and um, tell me what you think. Uh, by sending me a message on Instagram. I would love to hear uh, in your stories and tag me so I can see it, your, your take on some of the questions that we answered today. Well, like I said, Melanie, thanks again for, have, for being here. And thank you to all my listeners for listening to another Hotline episode. And you know how we end this. Be lovable, but more importantly, be likable. See you next week.